Have you been wanting to invest in commercial real estate, but you don't know where to come up with the money? You don't know how to get started. You don't know how to where to come up with the cash for your down payment. Well, stick around because I have six suggestions for that. Six ways that you can come up with the money. Six ways that you can get into it and get started. So stick around for this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Real Estate Revenue. I'm your host, Paul Airy, and today we're going to talk about how you can get started. How do you come up with the money if you don't really have a lot of money? I have some suggestions for you. I have six ways that you can get into this. I got onto this subject because my wife is a former nurse. She's retired from nursing. She's not retired, but she's retired from that particular field. She's now a coach, leadership trainer, leadership coach, consultant, but she is a member of several nurse groups on Facebook. And she came across a discussion from several nurses who were desperate to find a way out of nursing, but they couldn't. They were trapped. Uh, They don't have any retirement money. They don't have another job. They don't have a way to do it, to make a living other than nursing. That's all they know. And uh, they couldn't figure out how to retire. Some of these women were in their 60s and been doing this for 40 years. And it's kind of sad. They want to quit. They want to leave and they can't because they're trapped in in the job because they don't have any retirement Uh, I'm sure some of them have 401ks, but you know how that goes. 401k is just not going to cut it, especially if you look at what happened today in the stock market. I believe it dropped about 800 points today. And so I'm kind of wondering what that's done to people's 401ks. Uh, Probably come back, but I don't know. Some people say yes. Some people say no. So who knows? But I have some solutions for getting into real estate as your retirement how you can do that without, you know, if you don't have a lot of money and you don't know where to get it, chances are you have more money and more resources than you think you do. And that's what we're going to get into today. So first of all, method number one. So this was a group of nurses talking. They all wanted the same thing. They wanted to retire. They didn't know how. So how about partners? You know, two or three of these nurses get together They might be able to put enough cash together to buy a a building, buy a small property. Um, So that is one option. I just got out of a partnership. It was very successful. The thing about partnerships is you have to be very careful who you partner with, uh, what kind of terms you partner under, and you have to know that everybody knows their duties, responsibilities, and you have to have an exit strategy for that partnership. My suggestion is if you ever do a partnership, especially if it's with friends, and it actually let's scratch that statement because you need to do this no matter who it is. And this is to protect your relationship with the person, to protect your friendship, and also to protect the business you're going into. You need an attorney. You need an attorney to draw up an agreement You need to lay out everybody's responsibilities, everybody's duties, how much money each person's putting in, how much ownership they're going to have, et cetera, all of those things. 
have to be decided up front. You're going to have to decide uh, if somebody needs to get out, what the process is for that. If somebody wants to sell out early, you need to decide when you're going to sell the property. That Those things are the things that can destroy your friendship and relationship with somebody. If you don't have it decided ahead of time and everybody agrees on it, then when somebody wants to change it, you can say, look, we agreed on this. We got to stick with it. Here's the agreement. You know, we can't do that. So that's how that goes. Now, partnerships can be amazing. I was involved in a partnership. My wife and I were involved in a partnership on some land. And this was uh, a friend of mine who was also a real estate agent. And she had her and her husband, she and her husband had some property under contract. And they had a partner. Well, this guy backed out two weeks before closing. So she called me because I'm a commercial broker and she knew that I knew commercial properties and this was a commercial property. It was an amazing property. And she asked me if I wanted to be their partner. And so we did it. Now it turned out great for us, even though it was during most of this period that we were partners was during last year, during 2020 with all the pandemic panic. And we were supposed to build a retail center there, but you know, Things changed. A lot of our tenants we had lined up, some of them backed out. So it got us to the point where we weren't ready to build yet because we weren't at a break-even point yet. So we ended up selling it. We had we got we were very fortunate. There was another retail developer in town, made us an offer on it. We made good money on it. We decided to take it. And you know, that was a great partnership deal, and we came out way ahead on that. There are cases where people do things like that and it doesn't turn out so well. But if you know up front what you're getting into, it can be a great deal for everybody involved. And we had to come up with very little money because it, we had split that amount of money into two partnerships, two partners. And, you know, we cut the down payment in half and it's a really good deal. Uh, that helped us a lot. Okay, second way, creative financing. Be creative when you buy the property. Now, I always teach in in my course, I always tell, I always use the, the motto or the tagline, no hype, no BS. And what that refers to for me is a lot of these real estate guys are going out there teaching these courses, telling people they're going to get rich with no money down, no credit, no job. You don't need any of that stuff. You know, you're going to be able to buy these properties and flip properties and wholesale properties. And you're going to get rich doing that with no money. And that's just not the case. That is not true. What I teach people is, yeah, you could, there are deals out there like that. There are no money down deals. They aren't, they don't come along every day. You can't base your entire business on that. When you can get them, take them, provided the deal is right. You can't get over leveraged and you know, you need to be careful that you don't uh, over leverage yourself into a negative cash flow situation which is entirely possible when you finance 100% of a property. But there are other ways, other creative financing ways. What I'm talking about, let me tell you about one deal I made. I bought a property and it happened to come up at the same time that I was buying another property. I'd already committed my cash to that other property. So I wanted to get this one too at the same time, but didn't have enough cash for both of them. So I talked to the seller and the seller agreed to owner finance the down payment amount for me, which was, 
I can't remember, it's 25 or 30% of the purchase price. Uh, they gave me a six month note on it. Now I knew that in six months I would be able to pay it off and, and I did. And that was a good deal for me. That way I didn't get over leveraged into negative cash flow because I was able to pay that uh, down payment eventually. So there's some, you know, that's one idea. There's some things like that you can do. Creative financing can also include just straight owner financing from the seller. Uh, they may want to sell the property, but they're afraid they're going to pay too much in taxes. And if they owner finance it, they're going to continue to get income on the property. They won't pay the taxes. They'll be spread out over however many years the term of your note is. And uh, they they get rid of the responsibility of the property. And that's what a lot of them want. Uh, a lot of these people are selling these properties because they, they want to retire. They want to go away. They, want, they don't want to mess with properties anymore. And they're of that mindset that it's a burden to them. So uh, it's a burden I will gladly relieve them of if they, you know, if they want to make a good deal for me. Uh, another form of creative financing is something called a master lease. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about buying a house on a with a rent-to-own option where you rent the property, pay rent on it for however long you negotiate, usually a year. And then you have an option to buy the property at a specified price. And usually they will provide, there's a provision where part of that rent you've paid in will apply to the down payment or apply to the purchase price. Now, commercial properties have something similar, but it's called a master lease. So let's say you have an office building. Somebody has an office building. They want to sell it. You want to buy it, but you don't have the down payment money. You don't have enough for down payment money. Let's say you only have half as much as you need. Here's the deal you would offer to the seller. You give them your half the down payment amount. You lease the property on a master lease agreement where you lease the entire property for a certain number of years with an option to buy. And you can exercise that option anytime during the purchase or anytime during the lease up to a certain date. And it's for a specified amount. And that specified amount is not going to change. It's going to stay whatever you negotiate. So here's what that would look like. You say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to pay your price. Let's say the price is 500000 Say, I'm willing to pay your $500,000 price. I just can't pay it now. I want to lease it. I'll give you uh, 15% cash up front. I'll give you a lease for five years. In five years, I want the option to buy that property for the half a million dollars minus what I've already paid. And during that time, you get to rent out the property to, to the tenants. And hopefully you, you, the, the idea is to, to lease that space out and make a profit from the difference between what you lease it to tenants for and what you're paying in your lease to the seller. So you get that profit. Now, during that time, you're not the owner of the property. You have possession of it. You have control of it but you don't own it, but you are free to make improvements, free to raise the rent on your tenants, increase your income. So in commercial properties, here's where the good part of this comes in. In commercial properties, the value of the property is based on the income the property generates, the net operating income, NOI. 
So during the course of this time period that you have this property under your control, you're going to have leases come due, leases get renewed, you're going to have some turnover, people move out, new people move in. So whenever you have the chance, you increase the rent. You have to be practical about it. You can't increase it beyond market value, but you can probably increase it. Chances are it's probably below market value, probably needs to be if somebody's lease is running out on an office, it's probably time to increase the rent. You want to increase probably at least 10%, but it just depends on what, what the lease was at. And if in some of these buildings, some of these owners that have had these buildings for 20 years, they've fallen behind on rent increases. And some of these people are paying way below market rent. I've seen some retail spaces where people were paying a quarter of what they should have been paying. That's how far behind the owner got on keeping the rent up to date. So when you increase that rent, when you get your expenses under control and hopefully decrease your expenses, you're going to increase your net operating income and you're going to increase the value of that property. So when you buy that, when you exercise your purchase option of $500,000, it might be worth 600000 or 700000 or 800000 at that time. Because you've increased the value of the property, plus the replacement cost of the property has gone up. The real estate values may have gone up in the neighborhood. So you've bought yourself some equity there. And that's a good way to get in it. You don't have to deal with the bank. You don't have to deal with a lender until you have a track record on the property and you're ready to make your exercise your purchase option. Then you can go to the lender. And that is an excellent way to get into a property if you don't have enough cash for the down payment. And you know what? You can even combine that with uh, method number one and do it with partners. Any of these can be done with partners, by the way. So that's, that's a good way right there to get into a property without a lot of money and without credit. You don't even need to go apply for a loan, at least not yet, not until you exercise your purchase option. So how's that sounding so far? Sounds a lot better than being trapped in your job. One of these properties... You know, all it takes to retire sometimes is one property. It's especially if you have a retirement plan already, your retirement plan might suck. It might be really bad. You might have a 401k that has like $150,000 in it and you're not going to get very far on that. You're not going to get much mileage out of that kind of a retirement plan. You're going to have to supplement that. You're going to have to beef it up with something and a good commercial property and rescue your retirement. And it can also allow you to retire earlier than you had originally planned if you plan it. So what about those 401ks anyway? How much do you have in your 401k? If you're 50 years old and you've only got 150000 or 200000 in your 401k, you're not going to make it. Uh, and that's just the sad truth. Because here's the thing. Financial planners are telling you now you need $1 million to $1.7 million to retire. And that's money in a savings account or a 401k or something. And then you're supposed to uh, withdraw 3.5% of that money every year to live on. Well, 3.5% of a million dollars is less than 3000 a month. Then you pay the taxes on that money if you haven't already. You're, you're living in poverty level almost. So it's gotten almost impossible to retire. There are, are millions of people retiring that, that have hit retirement age, but they can't afford to retire. I know people in their 70s, they want to quit working, they want, but they're trying to live on Social Security, and that's only about $1,400 a month. That's the average. 
and they have to go back to work and at 70 years old. And, you know, they wanted to retire five years ago. They didn't make it. You can take your 401k out. If you have 150 or 200,000 in a 401k, if it was me, now I can't, I'm not going to advise you to do it. I'm not a financial advisor, but I am a commercial real estate broker and I can advise you on real estate and I can tell you, you're going to make a lot more money on the right real estate investment than you will from that 401k. Now, here's the thing. If you take that money out, you're going to pay a penalty. Last time I checked, I read the highest penalty all total with all the penalties and taxes was about 30%. So if you have $150,000, let's say round it off to that leaves you $100,000. You can buy a nice property for $100,000 in cash. You can buy a $400,000 property with $100,000. Or you can buy two $200,000 properties. You know, you can buy $400,000 worth of real estate with a $100,000 down payment. Or you can combine that with the last method I gave you, the master lease, if you can find someone agreeable to that, and buy a bigger property or multiple properties. Uh, So don't discount the idea of that 401k is not going to pay you anything anyway. Uh, What's 3.5% of $150,000? That's what you'll have to live on if that's what you have at retirement age. That's something to think about. Now, a lot of you out there have some residential real estate, some rent houses. I want to tell you that rent houses are one of the lowest paying real estate investments. You will make far more money on a commercial property than you will on a house. Most people, when they get into real estate, they always go for their rent houses. And I tell you, the reason they do that is That's what they know. Residential real estate or houses, that's our comfort zone. We were all raised in a house or raised in an apartment, and that's that's our comfort zone. That's what we know and feel good about and feel comfortable with. So that's what we naturally look at. People look at commercial real estate, and it scares them. They think it's complicated, and it's scary, and it's too big, but it's not complicated. In fact, it's easier than houses much easier. There are less regulations. Financing, in my opinion, is easier. So you have to get that idea of rent houses out of your mind. Now, if you have some, that's fantastic because, and some of you might have some because you you may have inherited one or two of them, or, you know, sometimes people want to buy a bigger house and move to an, or move to a nicer house. And instead of selling their old house, they just keep it and they rent it out and have the income off of it. Well, guess what? You have some equity in that house. Might be a good time to sell it or refinance it and pull some of the cash out of it. You can do that, have it reappraised. Now, here's the difference between residential and commercial. And in my opinion, this is the biggest difference. When you get a a house appraised, doesn't matter if it's a rent house or the house you live in, they're going to appraise it based on the value of the properties in your neighborhood. The properties around you will determine the value of your property along with the condition of the property. Now, in commercial real estate, the value is based on the income that it generates. So if you can increase the income of a commercial property, you will increase the property value. You'll increase your equity, and you can borrow on that equity. You can use that equity. So that is the huge difference between residential and commercial, and that's why I love commercial real estate. And I always tell people, avoid the residential 
get to the commercial as fast as you can because that, and there's nothing wrong with starting in commercial and just skip to residential. Some people think you have to start there for some reason. I don't know why. I guess it's their comfort zone and they want to get started there, but you don't have to do that. You can start right away in commercial. So you can use your commercial, your residential properties, even, even the home that you live in. So that's our next method. So you can get the equity out of your residential rental properties, but you can also get the equity out of your home. You can use, you know, home equity loans to, to do that. That's, this one's going to be short and sweet. Get a home equity loan, take that money, put it in a res in a commercial rental property, make some money off of it. Okay. The last one, this one is a little odd. It's a little bit difficult to understand sometimes, at least it was for me. And I'm going to make a book recommendation because this book will help you to understand that more. It is called, What Would the Rockefellers Do? And it's by Garrett Gunderson. And Garrett Gunderson advocates using life insurance policies, whole life that with a paid up, paid up additions, overfunded life insurance. And those policies will pay you an interest rate four or five percent, way more than what the banks pay you. And you can borrow that money back, loan it to yourself. And so if you've been paying on one of these policies for a while, adding money into it, you can loan it back to yourself and use that money for down payments on real estate. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. My wife and I have a, one policy so far. We're adding, going, planning on adding more but we have gone in and borrowed money from that, loaned it back to ourselves out of our policy and, uh, and paid it back. And it's a great place to pick up some cash. It's better than putting it in a savings account because you're not going to earn anything in a savings account. But the details of that need to be explained to you by somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to that kind of thing. And that's Garrett Gunderson. He is the expert on that. You can also find him all over YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel and a, a podcast. It's a very good podcast. So those are the six ideas that I have for you to raise money to buy real estate. I always say money, you need money, but it doesn't have to be yours. I have um, working on a deal with somebody right now who's uh, one of my investor clients, and we're going to do a deal together, hopefully coming up pretty soon. And, um, uh, you know, I've got some money, he's got some money. So it's not all my money. It's partly his. And so don't ever discount that possibility. Give it some thought. Have a look at it, at least. And get yourself into commercial real estate if you want to get out of your job. If you want to get out of your job early or if you're at retirement age and you want to retire, look at doing that because it can pay you. One property can pay you more than your retirement plan is going to pay you. And uh, imagine if you start early, if you're only in your 30s or 40s and you start now, by the time you retire or by the time you hit retirement age, I should say, you could have eight or 10 properties, even more, paying you a pretty large amount of money. And if you just want to get out of your job early, if you're stuck in your job and you feel trapped and you want to get out, and you, you could be 30 years old, 40 years old, it doesn't matter. You know, you, sometimes people just want to get out and they can't because they're trapped. This is a way out. Okay, so that is going to be it for this episode. Thank you for coming and listening to this, and I hope that you come back and listen to more. We're going to, we always have uh, 
real estate discussions, commercial real estate discussions, and how you can help your retirement plan. That's a big deal. Retirement plans are so underfunded in this country. Trillions of dollars in retirement deficit. And it's gotten to the point where not everybody's going to get out of it. Not everybody's going to dig their way out of this. But a few people can. If you have the right strategy, if you do the right things, if you invest in some commercial real estate, hopefully that can help you dig your way out of that retirement hole that you're in. And you may not even know you're in it. Have a look at your plan and I'll see you here on the next episode. 